Zook, there it is. Minnesota Wild pick up an overtime win over the Philadelphia Flyers. We break down all the action on tonight's Locked on Wild postcast. You are Locked on Wild postcast, part of Locked on Sports Minnesota, your team every day. Hello and welcome into tonight's Locked On Wild postcast as the Minnesota Wilds pick up a 3-2 overtime win over the Philadelphia Flyers. Seth Topal joined by Kevin Gorg. And Kevin, the Wilds coming off of a road trip in which they went 1-3, lost the final three games. The play against the Lightning was better, but uh, it felt like this was one that the Wild needed to have to get back on track. It was a tight game. It was a physical game. Have you ever, just to start it, have you ever seen a game in which there have been three fights in the first period? Uh, it takes me back to the, my North Stars days in the early 1980s when they went to Boston Garden and Glenn Sonmore um, basically challenged his team to stop getting pushed around by the Bruins. The North Stars had lost there for a couple of decades and there were actually five fights in the first five minutes. But We're going back 40 years here, Seth. So no, I, to see four fights... Uh, to see the, the team respond the way they did. It was clear listening to Dean Evison this morning, called it a must win. This game didn't feel like a typical regular season hockey game. It started with Ryan Hartman being scratched, and Dean said that it was related to the uh, the penalties stacking up, and Hartman, he, he owned up to it. He said it was the right decision. But it just it felt like with that sort of a move that there was definitely urgency coming into this game and Flyers play a physical style themselves, but uh, this it ended up being an exciting game all the way down to the finish. It was a very nerve-wracking game to watch, and I'm certain for Dean Evison and the coaches, just the same emotions kind of went with it. But, you know, I think the coaches should feel pretty good because, you know, off the Matt Dumba situation where he was sent to the press box for a couple of games, if you're going to be consistent, if you're going to hold people accountable, you have to make tough choices, and I'm certain it was a tough choice. He's Ryan Hartman's a really good player and a well-liked guy, uh, well-respected by his teammates. But, you know, he had taken some silly penalties. And, you know, uh, you wonder how the team's going to respond. Well, they responded in, you know, one of their better efforts of the year. Uh, and I think right now, if, if you're Ryan Hartman, I think it's a learning situation where you just take a step back. And, I, you know, he's been pressing a little bit here since he got back from injury. He hasn't been able to produce like he had last year. But last year was a magical year. I don't think the Wild ever dreamed he'd be a – 30 plus goal score every single year, but you can control penalties. You can't always control if the puck's going in or night. He's had some, some tough breaks in terms of scoring goals. He's hit a bunch of posts, but you can control the discipline side of things. And I think this will be a good message. I think it was received and I think he'll be a better player moving forward. Matt Boldy with a couple of goals tonight. And uh, it felt like the offense started to kind of wake up after the Duhame fight and it led to Boldy getting a couple of goals, including one on the power play and Nearly had the hat trick, but it was great to see Boldy be one of those guys that kind of stepped up for the team offensively and led the way. Yeah, Seth, doesn't it feel like since they got that contract extension done, Matt Boldy's been playing much more free? You know, he's a 21-year-old kid, and I'm certain the negotiations had been going on for a couple of weeks, and he too had been pressing and, you know, almost fighting it in the offensive zone on the power play. And from that extension on, the last week or so, he's looked terrific. He's been getting chances every night. He's producing, and he scored those two goals, but he was great without the puck. I thought their line did a really nice job establishing a four-check, a lot of offensive zone time for that line. So 
if, if Matt Boldy can continue to be this guy, it takes so much pressure off Kaprizov and Zuccarello to have to score every night when you get that secondary scoring, and he's the best of the best in terms of somebody not on that line. Uh, let's talk about Marc-Andre Fleury a little bit because it's been a recipe for these goalies pretty much all season. Big saves early to allow the offense some time to kind of break through and uh, and gain the lead. Big saves in overtime and late in the game. He did have the goal that he gave up when Philly pulled the uh, the goalie, went with the extra attacker. But it looked like it was just kind of one of those riser pucks that just got him on the arm and, and went up and into the net. What do you think of Fleury's performance here this evening? I think the biggest moment of this hockey game was the breakaway save he made when the Wild were still really trying to find their offense. That's the kind of save that you need from a veteran goalie that you're relying on in a big spot. That glove save seemed to relax the Wild. They came out, they got a little momentum off that play, and they were the better hockey team for the next 10 minutes. I thought he was terrific. I thought it was the right call by Dean Evison. I talked about it this morning with Paul Allen on the fan. I think in a game like this, if you're going to send Hartman to the bench, if you're the coach and you're going to say it's a must win the morning of the game, you put your number one guy out there off that game in Tampa where he was so, so good. And, you know, he gave them a chance to win. That that goal with the extra attacker, there was about a two-inch gap, and it happened quick. And like the, the players in front of him, I think everybody thought that puck in the high slot with the extra attacker was going to come flying through. And when you make that pass, you have to pivot and slide over for a goalie super difficult because you have to go down to get to the post quickly and then you have to rise back up and it just it just missed his shoulder in the end I think it worked out better for the wild because you don't care if Philadelphia gets the extra point and then you get to watch watch Matt Zuccarello go out there and walk the defenseman and score that goal and almost blow the roof off the building you know you never want to roll the dice with overtime or a shootout when you need two points but the way it worked out I think they'll take it. Well, and it, it was per- the perfect ending, too, because it's been a little bit of a slow spell for Zuccarello on that top line. And uh, I know Michael Russo mentioned it on Twitter, said that was one of the better games that he's had in a while and maybe pressing to try to help out on the offensive end with this team not scoring as many goals. But just fitting that it came down to uh, to Zuccarello to be the one to seal it. I'll tell you one thing from being with this team and and – kind of behind the scenes, there's nobody that wants to win more than Matt Zuccarello. This guy cares as much as anybody I've ever seen. And maybe it's the fact that he realizes now later in his career that he's only got so many more chances to make a cup run. Uh, But the passion he displays every day, how much he cares, probably led him into that situation where he maybe was pressing. You score a goal like that in overtime when it's really an important time in the season for your hockey team, that gives you a world of confidence. And I think moving forward, uh, he's going to be that much better for it. So it, it really, if you're Dean Everson with the fights, with the way they played defense, with the way they killed penalties, with the way Marc-Andre Fleury played, and then the emotional win in overtime, I, honestly, looking back, if, if you're Dean Everson right now and you're getting in your car ready to drive home from St. Paul, you could not feel better about the moves you made as a coaching staff and the way your team responded and then the way the game played out. Now you've got a little momentum You've got the guys feeling good. You've got Hockey Day Minnesota on Saturday where traditionally the the team has really fed off the emotion of the day and had some tremendous, tremendous success. Um, This was the perfect storm for Minnesota right now, exactly what they needed. And it it leads to a big 3-2 win for the Wild to snap their three-game losing streak. We will talk about Hockey Day Minnesota as well as uh, Saturday's game against the Sabres. 
as we continue tonight's Lockdown Wild postcast after a word from our sponsor, which for tonight's postcast is our new exclusive sports betting partner for Lockdown Sports, that of course being FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. New customers can join today and get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just head to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up today. FanDuel has all your favorite bets from the money line to point spreads to player props. Sorry to everybody that bet the under or the over tonight as uh, it was at six, but uh, 3-2 is five. Uh, FanDuel also has uh, a chance for a bigger pl- payout with same game parlays as well. So make sure you don't miss out. Get your $150 in free bets on your first $5 bet at FanDuel.com slash locked on today. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of Locked On Sports. Continuing tonight's Locked On Wild postcast as the Minnesota Wilds come away with a 3-2 win in overtime. Seth Topal joined by Kevin Gorg. And Saturday is going to be a big day because it is Hockey Day Minnesota time. And so, Kevin, before we talk about the Sabres game, let's just talk a little bit about everything that will be going on uh, in the uh, the biggest showcase of hockey here in the state of hockey. Yeah, it's quite the holiday. It's you know I don't think anybody had any idea uh, back in 2007 when this thing started where it would go. Uh, but I think from from the Wilds' perspective and from our network um, at Valley Sports North, we couldn't be more excited about how this event has grown. And now you know because of social media, we can catch up with families and cities all over the state that have these big outdoor hockey parties on this Saturday. We know we're going to be on the air from 9 a.m. till roughly 11.30 p.m. We know we're going to see three terrific games outside at White Bear, and we know we're going to end the night with the young Buffalo Sabres, talented team coached by a guy that won a state tournament back in 85 with me at Burnsville and Don Granado against the Minnesota Wild. It's going to be magical, and, you know, the focal point is always the host city. I think White Bear is going to do a great job, as you know, Seth, it's a tremendous hockey town, great history there. And, and I think to have the marquee game that day be Hill Murray, White Bear, so many of us that watch high school hockey in this state can look back at section finals for decades with these two teams, including last year, and know that it's going to be an extraordinary experience. So we're thrilled. The weather looks perfect. It's going to be a little chilly, but you'd take that over um, anything warmer. And uh, now it just comes down to, you know, Ken – can the outdoor games live up to the hype? I think they will. And then obviously, can the Wild build off this win tonight on that home game to close out Hockey Day against Buffalo? And the Wild have had great success on Hockey Day Minnesota. You'd expect nothing less from the NHL team on that type of a day. They've had some exciting wins. They've had some great battles with Chicago over the years throughout Hockey Day Minnesota. And so it just is the perfect cherry on top of a great way to showcase the best teams in the state of Minnesota, and to uh, to see, as you mentioned, a young up-and-coming Buffalo Sabres team that has a ton of offensive potential, it really does shape up to be just a fantastic day. Well, anytime you can sit on your Barca lounger and watch hockey for 15 <laughs> hours, I'm not going to complain <laughs> if I'm a fan. Wild, I think, are 13-3-1 on this day, and you mentioned it. There's been some crazy happenings. The year we were in Elk River, Nate Prosser scored the overtime winner, and even the, the awkward year during the pandemic, I uh, remember that the Wild played in front of an empty 
building against the LA Kings and Matt Dumba scored that goal with like one second left in overtime. The Wild have found a way on this day to kind of feed off the enthusiasm that the state has. And I've talked to players about this and even the players that aren't from Minnesota, you know, I've talked to Galagoski for sure, but the guys that are from out of state, they tune into the, the broadcast before morning skate. When they get home from their work in the morning, they tune in and they get fired up and then they kind of feed off the fans because by the time the wild game rolls around at eight o'clock, everybody that's in that building in St. Paul has been partying and watching and building to that moment all day long. And so it has kind of an NFL feel to it where you're tailgating and you're partying and you're building. And now here's the game and, you know, being in the building for that wild game, which I will this Saturday, um, it always has a little extra juice to it. And I think the wild kind of play off that. The Sabres were able to beat the wild six to five in overtime. The last time these two teams matched up in Buffalo, uh, what do the Wild need to do to set the tone at the XL Energy Center and uh, prevent the Sabres from having a similar result? Well, number one is they took way too many penalties in that game at Buffalo, and Tage Thompson is a young sniper that looks like a taller version of Alex Ovechkin. He can shoot the puck just like the grade eight. He posts up in the same spot, and he beat the Wild for a huge goal in that game at Buffalo. Step number one is the Wild have got to be disciplined. They've got to stay out of the box. The other thing is they did the one thing they couldn't do last time. They got to do a track meet. You have to make this game a Minnesota wild type of game. Like we saw tonight, it doesn't need to be six to five, three to two is the recipe for success for this hockey team. And Dean Evison has preached this from day one at training camp. We are not last year's version of the wild. We are not going to outscore teams. We're going to out hit them. We're going to outsmart them. We're going to play good, solid defensive hockey we're going to use our speed and skill in transition off that good defense. That's what they need to do. They need to play the game, and they need to dictate the pace of play, not the Buffalo Sabres, which got the Wild into a bunch of trouble the last time they played. Can't wait to see how it unfolds after an exciting win here tonight against the Flyers. Uh, that will conclude tonight's Locked on Wild postcast. So we'll see what the Wild have in store on Saturday. Kevin, as always, thanks for the time. Uh, appreciate getting the chance to uh, to talk about all of these throughout each postcast that we do. And um, Locked on Wild listeners, make sure you're following along with all the content we have for you with episodes every Monday through Friday, plus pre- and post-game content as well. We've got you covered any possible way we can with all of the content as part of the Locked on Sports Podcast Network.